Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by my brother in St. Dominic, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our topic today is the very prayer we just prayed together, the Hail Mary. Um, So I'm going to start by asking Father Hayes, uh, who has preached about the Hail Mary recently, why are there 50 Hail Marys and only five (laughs) are fathers in the rosary? And the one-third part of the rosary, right? And the one-third part of the rosary, that's right. Compared to 15. Well, I mean, the the simple answer, of course, is that the... uh, it's the text of the Hail Mary that provides the work of meditation, and it is the the 15 Our Fathers that mark the mysteries. Now, I'm just going to leave out – I'm not against Pope John Paul, but I'm just going to leave out those luminous mysteries <laughs> for discussion for what I want to talk about today, because okay. they are an addition and an optional addition. But uh, but so uh, – but as they said, we're doing 10 times Hail Mary – the number of Hail Marys that we are doing Our Fathers. And the Our Father is supposed to be the more perfect prayer. Mm -hmm. And it truly is. I mean, the the Our Father is taught by Jesus in uh, 6th chapter of Matthew as being a prayer by which the rest of our prayer is purified. So you pray for what you want, you know, uh, and then at the end fill in with an Our Father. Because that will correct any problems that you have with your prayer. For instance, we may be asking things that are not going to the mind of God, or are, or things we really don't have a right to be asking for. I mean, when, for instance, if if I haven't studied for, in, when I was a kid, when I didn't study for a math test, we'll say, uh, or assumed I knew everything there was in the Latin test. Um, you know, I if I get it, I mean, I still pray when I got the test and realized how much I hadn't studied for, you know, mm-hmm. is send a prayer up to God to help you with this. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, but I really should be responsible for the marks myself. You know, we don't uh, – so so the Our Father provides, you know, it states the relationship we have with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father through the work of the Son and with the and with the and the and the high priest of the son in the power of the holy spirit and this shapes everything of course you know, the pattern you see in the our father is the pattern of the mass the pattern you see in the our father is the new relationship we receive with god in baptism it is the prayer by which we pray for that daily bread which is our holy communion that uh, to use another translation of um of the Greek, you know, that super substantial bread. Mm-hmm. So that you'll find that in the Douay Rheims translation. So but if this, we could just hold up there, could you explain, Father Stephen Dominic, mm-hmm. could you unpack that, how the Our Father follows the pattern of the Mass? Oh, well, because uh, it's prayed, the Mass is prayed to the Father. Mm-hmm. 
No. Uh, the only prayers to Jesus are right before communion. There's two prayers to Jesus before communion. Everything else is the Father. Mm-hmm. It is the Son who prays, and by the power of the... Of the, of the uh, we all keep praying through Jesus Christ our Lord, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right. And then in, it, it wouldn't work at all if the Holy Spirit wasn't upon the church to bind, you know, we who still stand on the earth to those who stand in heaven, mm-hmm. but anyway, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and including all the saints in glory. You know, that all of us are joined together in this one great act, which is the Mass. And the Our Father can be said to talk about the structure of that relationship of prayer and grace in small. And so to to pray it is to summarize everything else. So so is it do you mean that like the first part of the Our Father corresponds to the first part of the Mass? And the um, second part Well not, I wouldn't say quite that literally. I, I would say, you know, when you pray, uh, the fo- to pray you have to have the four ends of prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, you need adoration, you need contrition, you need petition, and you need thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, if you ask me that question, we have um, in the in at the the very first words, "Our Father, place us in the presence of the Father." Mm-hmm. This is where we come to adore. We rightly name the relationship. Mm. Okay. okay, our Father, because not my Father, because I it's through Jesus I have this relationship. It's and and it is as a member of the church I have this relationship. Mm-hmm. Is the bride and the groom who stand beside each other invoking the Father, is the, is the groom, Jesus Christ, who has introduced the bride into the family of God. Mm-hmm. And so our Father rightly puts us in relationship to all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you could look at the, at the contrition. How would be then, you know, uh, we pray uh, for, we pray as sinners for, that we not be delivered to t- in tempted temptation, mm-hmm. and we do be delivered from evil. Uh, we pray for things which really only make sense in terms of being above. You know, uh, hallowed be your name on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if God's name is always holy, where do I mean that it be hallowed, it be made holy? In me, in mm-hmm. this relationship, I have a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I'm praying for forgiveness of my sins, a deepening of grace. I'm standing contrition mm-hmm. as one uh, unworthy of grace, but brought in by the gra- work of Jesus Christ into into that life of grace. And then um, the petitions, you know, the petitions are rightly aimed. They're not at things of this world, except serve for a sufficiency of what is actually need by nature and by grace. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. But all the others are about, you know, the perfection, you know, being brought to glory, uh, the perfection we're called. Now, it's not about this, you know, a, a, a raise at the office or a more comfortable house or a bigger car. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are no part of the Our Father. Mm. And then, um, and then Thanksgiving. Um, I think the prayer is appropriately placed within the Mass. It is in the Mass. We 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 pray it invariably. You know, it's an integral part of the liturgy, which it's itself all, is all thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so within in the Mass, you know, which is the Church's greatest prayer, we find all these parts. We find an approach to the Father through Jesus Christ, the High Priest, and the Holy Spirit's power. And we offer that sacrifice you know, that, that he offered upon the cross. We make it our own offering as we stand beside him in the liturgy. 
we who were not at the foot of the cross 2,000 years ago can be at the cross as his body is separated from his blood as it was on the cross, as the Spirit is poured out upon the congregation, as Christ brings all things to fulfillment, as we stand in this wonderful moment, which is the Mass, this great Thanksgiving, Eucharistia, mm-hmm. uh, and the way we prepare for that communion with the Son and the Father and the Spirit is precisely by praying this prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it occurred to me, too, that when we say, <clears throat> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right. you know, the Mass is bringing heaven to earth, you know, in terms exactly. of the words oh, yeah. of of scripture, well, there, there are books and meditations on the yeah, Our Father. Yeah, and then including bringing yeah. heaven's worship to earth. You know, mm-hmm. when we when we celebrate the Eucharistic prayer. That's right. You know, we receive our daily bread, our super substantial bread. It's the whole thing. Which is Christ. It's yeah. the whole thing. And which is why I wanted to talk about the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the uh, the Hail Mary now is, as I said, the most the bulk of the Rosary meditation. And I would suggest it's because it's uh, if the Our Father sketches out the whole plan, and appropriately marks also the great mysteries of Christ, of the Son of God's entering into the world, becoming one of us, doing his work upon the cross, mm-hmm. you know, first of the joyful mysteries, then the sorrowful mysteries, and then the glorious mysteries, uh, talking about how he brings humanity, beginning with himself, and then his mother, and then all the saints after, including us, hopefully, drawn by nets of grace to the to the home of the Father. In the glorious mysteries, that we have the entire pattern of the economy of salvation built into the rosary mysteries. But when, for the individual meditations, there is the call by, to Mary to her specific vocation. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest this is um, how the Hail Mary can function for us as mm-hmm. well. I mean, we stand, you know, at, at the foot of the cross, um, Mary was given. The motherhood of the members of the church, mother to you know, she who, as it's famously said, you know, she who bore the head of the church without pain at Bethlehem, now in the labor of the cross, becomes mother of all the, the church's members. Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense, our mother's vocation points to the shape of our own vocation. Mm. And when we look at the uh, the Hail Mary, we begin to see our own call to glory done in fine. And uh, I'd like to go into this uh, in a bit. Okay. You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by my Dominican friar brother, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and we've been discussing the Hail Mary, why there are 50 Hail Marys, and how they relate to the Our Father and the Rosary. And... We were speaking about how the Our Father puts us in a right relationship with the Father, how it follows many of the dynamics that we see in the Mass, um, how it um, gets us pointed in the right direction, and then how the Hail Mary, the ten Hail Marys for each one Our Father, help us do the work of meditation. And you were just saying, Father Stephen Dominic, about how the vocation of our mother— uh, Mary, uh, reflects in a way our own vocation right. as disciples. There is just in the usage of the 150 Hail Marys in the in the full rosary, um, 
a reflection and a reference, and it's always been understood, this has been called Our Lady's Psalter, and so it points to the, the Psalter in the Bible of the 150 Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Psalms provide, a, if you make them part of your prayer, if you read them, you'll find them full of prophecy, you will, full of, um, you will find the intimate voice of Christ and the intimate voice of the Church speaking to Christ and to the Father. Uh, and that means also, I think, uh, you know, we, we might even find the voice of Mary, you mm-hmm. know, who's, who is, in whom the Church finds the representation of her being in small. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that the Church is, Mary is. And, and therefore, also, as we pray them and go through them, I think there is a kind of intimate approach by the Father to the heart of Mary and to us as we pray the Hail Mary. So one of the things about our Blessed Lady's privileges is that they reveal the uh, the, the lot of Christians, uh, what she in what she receives in uh, extra graces and privileges. Nevertheless, reveal the kind of sa- the shape of salvation that we are to have. So, as I've said before, I think on, even on this program, you know, when and we were not conceived immaculately, we were not protected from. Uh, all stain of sin from the first moment of existence like Mary was. But all of us has been, have been made sinless in the womb, which is the with baptismal font, the womb of the church. Mm-hmm. That we all have a beginning there. And so when when the angel, when God speaks to the first of Christians, our blessed lady, she all, he also speaks in a way in which the grace may be not made so perfect or full, but nevertheless real in terms of our own vocation. Because Mary stands before the Father and before Christ as one who is not divine, as one who needs saving, which is an odd idea for us, because we're mm-hmm. always thinking, well, she's been saved from the first moment of existence, which is true. But that saving work is through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. as the Church teaches us. This is part of the formal doctrine of the Immaculate Conception, by the foreseen merits of the cross of Jesus Christ was Mary freed from the stain of original sin from the first moment of her existence. And so when we look at that, I'd like to suggest that um, we we are invited by the Hail Mary to put ourselves in the place of Mary and hear the word of God addressed to Mm. us, Mm -hmm. addressed to us. Now, as I said, there used to be a a connection between the, the uh, Our Lady Psalter or the Paternoster Psalter based of, of our fathers, in that when uh, if you weren't literate and you heard the monks praying or the canons praying the, in the cathedral church, the Psalms, and you didn't have the Latin, you could always pray one of these prayers. And you would be praying with the Scripture. This is one of the great things, you know, that the best prayers, I think, are the prayers which are God's own words. Mm-hmm. And so the prayer with Scripture Use of scripture verses. Uh, this is something that you find in the desert monks. You find it um, all the way through the church's liturgy. I mean, especially in the, in the Latin rite. You know, in the Eastern, in the Byzantine rites of the Catholic Church, many times uh, where they have hymns, we will have a scriptural antiphons, usually psalms and antiphons, mm-hmm. and they uh, which are based on the psalms. And so we really are using the Word of God. God's own thoughts come in in the human words as the stuff of our own prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just think of like a you know a brook that is constantly being washed by the clear 
clean waters that are, are flowing through it and never maintains in purity very long and so forth with all this power and richness of sweet water running through it. This is ideally, I think, the mind of the Christian. You know, as, as we are cleansed by the thoughts of God, by the word of God constantly running through us. Hmm. And so, as I said, this use of the scriptures for prayer, I think, is a very powerful thing. So you mentioned just recently that we can imagine the words of the Hail Mary addressed to us. Yes, right. So hail full of grace, is that true? I mean, if you've come from the baptismal font, it's true. If mm. you've just come out of the confessional, it's true. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And oftentimes, what are our penances that we get when we come to the confessional? Mm-hmm. A certain number of our fathers or Hail Marys. You right. Know? right. Uh, we start praying this prayer. Uh, we stand where Mary stood when the angel delivered to her her identity and vocation. Mm. And and this is in spite of that she'd received signal graces before. You know, she was immaculate conceived. The tradition of the church is she grew up in the temple. We have the presentation of Mary in the temple as a, as a memorial in the church. She, from about the age of three to her marriageable age, she lived in the uh, the women's quarters in the temple for the wives and daughters of the priests. And... Uh, it's and and yet at that moment when the angel appears to her and delivers her to this message, the whole point of everything else is revealed. Hmm. And I do think that it is a confrontational word of God that we ordinarily will find ourselves challenged to discover what God already knows to be our identity and mission before Him. Hmm. It's in the Word of God, and as I said, this word, this story, this story of the greatest of all saints is the one that shapes all the stories of the others. Mm-hmm. So here we have in the Hail Mary, we have um, the uh, you know her being confronted by the plan of God opened for her that she hears in the words of the angel. And the angel, remember, also quotes scripture. You know, he mm-hmm. talks about the uh, you know the Psalms, the, the uh, successor to David who will rule the nations with an iron rod and so forth. Mm-hmm. So he brings in the the prophecy in scripture when uh in in this moment when we pray the hail mary and hear these words addressed to us i think we can take them uh as summoning us to the vocation we have received Hmm. it is through the words of scripture after all that so many of the saints have received their specific identity and vocation saint anthony of the desert you know with the parable of the rich young man i would suggest the same thing with saint francis of assisi you know, it's in the midst of prayer that, and especially the prayer of the scriptures, the liturgy, the psalms, the office, the mm-hmm. uh, the open book of scripture on your knees, that all of a sudden the power of what God is summoning you to mm-hmm. is given. And no one is has a conversation with God in the scriptures who is not sent to do something. Right. So identity and mission is always revealed. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that our identity and, and mission is revealed in Mary's own vocation. Because her vocation is foundational, I would suggest, to every other path of a Christian who follows Christ mm-hmm. in the scriptures or in the centuries that have been. So just as St. Anthony of Egypt <clears throat> walked into church, just as they were, they were reading the gospel about, go sell what you have and exactly, give to the poor, right. yeah. he felt convicted that those words were meant directly for him. That's right. And he went out and did so. That's right. And became a monk in the desert and began the whole tradition of Christian monasticism in the West, um, where how Francis had heard, you know, Christ say, you know, Francis, rebuild my church, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and he felt that this was his his vocation. And so that Mary also um, receives her vocation from the words of the angel, 
you know, right. which who is also yeah. quoting one of the Psalms about, you know, the, the promised yeah. bud, you know. And from, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You know, one way that the Word of God sometimes comes to us is through other people. Right. Yeah. You know? In this case, we have this amazing thing where Mary's mission identity is revealed through the words of another party who is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. When Mary, bearing the infant Christ under her heart in her womb, comes to visit her uh, her cousin, you know, um, grace cleanses John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth of all sin, according to the scriptures. He leaps in her womb, already prophesying, you know, happy are the, uh, uh, are the feet of those who bear glad tidings, mm-hmm. you know, the one who will run before the Lord leaps in the womb. We have uh, we have the mother of the prophet. The mother of the prophet is filled with words of prophecy, and she speaks of things she can see. Mm. You know, Mary says something like shalom, you know, peace, you know, a typical Jewish greeting. And Elizabeth says, you know, uh, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come mm. to me? Mm-hmm. When you the when you when you spoke your greeting, the child stirred in my womb. Mm-hmm. No, and so, uh, so now of course now the words of uh, Elizabeth are also paralleling the words of David when he brought the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem. You know, and and it had to be diverted because a priest touched it illicitly and died. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but but when the, in the moment, you know. David questions himself, how is it that the mother of, how is it that the ark of the Lord should come to me? Elizabeth says, how is it that the mother of the Lord should come to me? And she is revealed, if you understand the meaning of the passages, as the new ark of the covenant. She is the bearer of the word of God into the world, bearing them not like Moses bore in his arms tablets of stone, but in her womb, from her innermost parts. You know, the, the word of God come. Uh, written on a human heart, you know, clothed in human flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, this manna from heaven, the manna from heaven was a uh, sample of it, was stored in the Ark of the Covenant. Now, he who is the bread of life descends and visits his people. You know, that's mm-hmm. all the old prophecies are fulfilled and renewed. And we find our, or she finds herself being the bearer of Christ to the world. So then could that correspond to us as well? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Whatever else we do, you know, all the all the things that Mary didn't do as a saint that other saints have done, you know, found religious orders, built monasteries, uh preach the word of God to pagan peoples, to work miracles, to uh, in her in her earthly life, to uh do a thousand other things. You know, what she does is she follows the will of God moment by moment with a perfect obedience and attention. Mm. It's even where she doesn't really necessarily see the end of things. You know, the, in the Annunciation, when the angel speaks to her, he says nothing about the cross. That only comes out in the mystery of the presentation of the temple when the prophet Simeon lifts up the child and foretells his crucifixion as well as Mary's participation in it. Mm. So she keeps... So I'd like to suggest that in this this is always the starting point, you know. I mean, there is. Um, I remember when I was I had the, when I put the habit on the first time, you know, when I was clothed in it. I had been reading uh, Sermo Domini, you know, the uh, the words of the Lord, the Last Supper, John's mm-hmm. Gospel, and you know, got this one point where the Lord says to His apostles, "Come, let us go," and that was a word. That was a word 
for me mm-hmm. about going to the order of preachers and you know having adventures and uh, and uh, and doing the work of God with him with Christ uh, in the mantle of Saint Dominic, following the footsteps of Saint Dominic. And yet, in one sense, I can't divorce that from that prayer, which is given to the order of the of the of the Rosary, and it's it's constant summons to me. So now, as I think of that event, I also think of the words of of God to Mary, summoning her to her vocation. This is inextricably bound up with me, with my understanding of my own vocation. You know, and and the and if you want, you know, my little. My moment, you know, looked at the big picture, and the Holy Mary keeps calling us back to the moment by moment progress we make mm-hmm. towards the New Jerusalem of glory. It's a step by step, constantly step by step, choosing will of the Lord as she did, uh, pondering all these things in her heart, uh, having a contemplative approach while being able to rush in haste to the aid of another as she does to Elizabeth, to uh, to be joined in prayer, which is the second part of the Hail Mary, you know, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners. We rightly name the relationship that we have before the Lord and invite her participation uh, in our needs by intercession to join the great thanksgiving, which is the life of the her church founded and, uh, and uh, summarized in the Eucharist and the glories of of heaven, of heaven that lie behind it, mm-hmm. so that we can we can imagine the words of the angels. Since since we too receive God's grace in the sacraments, that we are are, are can be filled with grace, that we can be holy, you know, mm-hmm. that we can be blessed, you know, that we carry within us in some way Christ, mm-hmm. you know, that we can join the saints in in praying for us, you know, praying for sinners, right. And I do think meditation on this, and maybe sharing one's meditation on this, too, uh, with all these connections to the scriptures themselves and the Psalms, to uh, the way this uh, we integrate ourselves. This is how we, we build the garland of connections, of roses, of spiritual roses, if we want, upon the framework of the rosary prayers, and find ourselves uh, with a rich harvest of study and prayer and and uh, summons to action. Uh, this is, I think, what it is to preach the rosary, not just to meditate on it, not just to pray it, but to really predicare, to to preach on it, to share the rosary mm-hmm. with uh, with others. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I've been joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's end now in our prayer to St. Dominic. O the light of the Church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us to the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni,